Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. It's the 3 and Out Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is up, my good people? It is Monday afternoon. Beautiful, somewhat chilly day here in Arizona. This is a three and out podcast. I am your host and talker and podcaster, John Middlecoff. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Uh, back here on the grind, just combine week is here, baby. We will have, uh, by the next time you listen to me talking football, because we'll have a golf podcast this week, big golf tournament, uh, the Arnold Palmer in Florida, next week the player. So we got a lot of gambling coming up on golf. But this week, especially by the end of the week, the the combine, the buzz on the players, the top players, the buzz on the draft order is obviously something we will talk about today. The Bears open for business. Of course, they're open for business. Everything, when you suck that bad, should be listened to. We will dive into that, as well as Wentz, some thoughts on Anthony Richardson, a guy that's shooting up the draft boards. And uh, potential trade slash cap casualties we will discuss as well. Going to be a heavy, heavy mailbag. And the way you get in this mailbag is you fire in my Instagram DMs. My Instagram handle is just my name, John Middlecoff. And the way they do this on the interweb, they put an at in front of it. So at John Middlecoff is my Instagram. My DMs are wide open. You want to get your question answered here on the show, fire in to those DMs. Easy to do. Very, very easy. Uh, what else is going on? That's probably it. Just make sure you subscribe to the Three and Out feed. If you listen through Colin, we also have the Golf Podcast is on this feed. Every week, go low. Uh, on the grind, trying to grow that bad boy. Just swinging our pick. You know, we're just, we're just podcasters, and what we do is we podcast. So, uh, let's dive into the show. But before we dive into that, I got to tell you about my friends at Game Time. If you're listening to this or watching this on Tuesday, I'm currently at the Dodger game. And I'm there because of my friends at Game Time. And if you or your significant other or your son or your best friend want to go to an event, whether it's a concert, comedy show, a game, spring training, a regular season baseball game, March Madness, a golf tournament, live golf, might check that out in a couple weeks. Use my friends at Game Time, fastest growing ticket app in America. Go to your smartphone, download the app. And when you do, first-time users, type in the promo code JOHN, that's J-O-H-N, that's just my name, and get $20 off tickets to any event. Get outside, leave your house, go do something. And when you do it, do it on me. Get a discount. J-O-H-N, $20 off, do it now. I'm at the Dodger game, probably booing them because I don't even like the Dodgers. I'm a Giants fan, but the Dodgers are good, the Giants aren't, so might as well go enjoy a good spring training game. And you should too. Game time, download it, go see an event. Promo code John. Let's dive into quarterbacks because that's just going to be a hot topic, right? The draft, all these free agent quarterback movement, who's going to go where, who's going to get traded where. We had news today. Carson Wentz was released from the Washington Commanders. And you know, sometimes on paper, things look really good, right? And when it comes to athletes or quarterbacks, Big, strong, big arm, accurate, productive, and things just don't work. And for whatever reason, I can't exactly put my finger on it. Carson Wentz just isn't that good. 
And whether it all started being derailed because mentally he couldn't handle some adversity, right? When he got injured and tore his ACL and Nick Foles ended up winning the Super Bowl, it's never been the same. And let's face it, it's all been downhill since. The problem was for Philly and then Indy and now Washington is that he had got the extension when that happened. So he was making big money. And when you make big money, you just get judged differently. Like if you're listening to this and you're 25 years old, new at a company and you're making 75 grand, you kind of fly under the radar. If you're making 60 grand, 80 grand. If you're listening to this and you're 40 years old and you make 600 grand at your company, like you kind of got to get it done. Because if you don't and things turn, I, I saw a quote from Mark Zuckerberg, not a big Facebook guy or meta. I actually can't even sign into my account. But obviously their stock plummeted over the last six months as a lot of people in tech did. And they had a lot of layoffs at their company. And one thing Zuckerberg, I, I saw a quote and I thought it was like, God, that makes a lot of sense. We need to get away from managers managing other people. Basically, managers managing other managers. And what he's basically saying is, we got guys making 700 grand, managing people making 350 grand. That's a problem. And those were the type of people that just got laid off, right? The reason these people are going to get cut throughout the NFL is because they make a lot of money. Not because a lot of them can't play, but the moment you start making a lot of money and your play diminishes a little bit, I got to get rid of you because we're in a salary cap league and I got to build the puzzle that is my roster. Now, Carson Wentz is a guy who was making, because quarterbacks, once they get extensions, even if they happen three, four, five years ago, still make more money per year than every other position in the league. Carson Wentz making $30, $35 million is more money than the historic amount of cash that got handed out last year to guys like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. So once you play at an average level, you're not. it's not going to work. It's just simply not going to work because two years ago, Carson Wentz, Google his stats, weren't that bad in Indianapolis. But what was the problem? Last two weeks, he played like shit against the Raiders and the Jags, and they missed the playoffs. This year, I watched the Commanders a decent amount this season. I thought they were pretty good. I remember talking to my buddies in Philly. I'm like, their team's pretty talented. And that was before they beat the Eagles. Like, they got good players on that team. They have some flaws, but they, they definitely have a talented roster. And you can't make the playoffs with this guy as your starting quarterback. And once I start paying you at that rate, you're going to be a red flag. You're going to be a problem for my team. So then we factor in, you know, there's like this unspoken thing with him. People don't really like him, like in the building, not like a bad guy. People, you know, it's just, it's hard to quite quantify, but he's not well-liked for whatever reason. And that, that's another thing. The standard at quarterback is really fucking high. Because you know all the good players in the league at that position? Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts are fucking loved in their building. Loved. I'm not talking by the coaches or the GM. I'm talking by the other players. Everyone really, really likes them. Forever. Tom Brady, greatest teammate of all time. That matters. And that's something as we dive into these draft prospects, who you are as a guy impacts as much as who you are as a player, unless you're an elite player. Like once you get to be as good as Rodgers, you can do some quirky things, whatever. I'm rattling off MVPs and 13, 14 wins. When we start going under 500 or missing the playoffs, your quirkiness on top of your salary don't quite add up. And that's why Carson Wentz now feels destined to be a backup. And to me, the best thing Carson Wentz can do now is to take like a year, make like a million bucks, and go be Mahomes, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, be a guy like that's backup with a real head coach. And I would specifically lean offense. Andy Reid, Sean McVay, like that's where I'd be interested. I'll play for nothing, I'll be a backup, and I'll just resurrect my reputation. And maybe I'm destined to be a backup. But I think as much as his play is a question mark, I think his reputation is in tatters. I, I don't think people respect him around the league. From, from a front office standpoint, and what a fall from grace. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where it looked like the guy was going to be the MVP and then hurts his knee and the rest is history. And now Nick Foles has a statue and he doesn't. And Carson Wentz is currently looking for work. And on the other flip side, and this goes to Carson in the draft, especially high in the draft, you're taking calculated risks, right? There is no bigger risk you can take than the investment of trading up or selecting a quarterback really, really high. 
right? It's one thing to take a position player. It doesn't work, whatever. You can pivot. You got other, like if I miss on a wide receiver in the top five or an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, I got other guys playing that position. But when I miss on Mitch Trubisky, on Carson Wentz, you know, on potentially Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, like that's a major problem. Partly because I'm drafting you to potentially be my quarterback for the next decade and a half. You're going to be the reason that my coaches, my general managers get extensions, why my team consistently goes to the playoffs. You change the trajectory of my franchise. But it's a calculated risk because I'm basing everything off college, which whether you're really productive in college doesn't mean you're going to be productive in the NFL. And whether you weren't productive in college does not mean you're not going to be productive in the NFL, i.e. Josh Allen. So that there's no guarantee no matter any of the information that we have. And that's just from on the field. Now, off the field, I think we know that pretty consistently, high-level, high-character, hard-working football junkies kill it in the NFL at quarterback. It's got to be a way of life. It's not what you do for work. It's what you do. It's your, it is your life. It, it, it defines you. From a time standpoint, during for six months of the year, you work coaches' hours, 90-plus hours a week, studying, preparing. On time This you spend with your teammates, you know, cultivating and, you know, continuing to grow relationships as human beings, let alone as players. So this buzz on Anthony Richardson is really starting to grow. From a gambling standpoint, he was a huge, huge flyer to be the number one pick. And now I heard someone say he's five to one, five to one to be the number one overall pick. Now, whether he's the number one overall pick or not, I don't know. But it's pretty clear the buzz is growing that, there's a very good chance that a guy like this is going to be the number one, or excuse me, a top five pick in the draft, right? He's 6'4", he can run, he's got a huge arm, and his highs, like when you watch that game against Utah the opening weekend, he looks fucking incredible. Like, when he's on, it looked awesome. But he's also a 54% career passer who has been basically a one-year starter and thrown 24 career touchdowns. Now, as we've seen with Josh Allen, like statistics in college don't necessarily equate. The number one thing that is ultimately going to define this guy is, you know, mechanically, I'm not a quarterback coach. So there might be things that a quarterback coach sees that he can work on that he thinks might be an improvable potential. But the reason this guy is going to sink or swim in the NFL is going to be the person. So starting this week, If I'm the Texans, if I'm the Bears, if I'm the Colts, if I'm the Raiders, whoever, all these teams that are drafting really high that are going to be interested in this guy, I got to get to know the person, how much he loves football, how hard he works, his football intellect, how well he takes football information and then can execute it on the field. And because I don't know just because he wasn't that good in college that he won't be good in the NFL, just like we've seen guys be very, very good in college and not be good in the NFL. So there is, this is not an exact science. We, we do not know for sure on any of these things. And this notion, like w- the way Warren Buffett invests slow, steady is pretty boring. Now it works over time. That's why, you know, he's the most successful investor of all time. But like, there's a reason that once you gave everyone a little cash, they started investing in crypto and NFTs. Why? You're all trying to hit strike oil, right? Hit the lottery. That was everyone's mindset. I want to turn $1,000 into 50 k And Warren Buffett would probably tell you, just turn that $1,000 into $2,000 and go from there. But you can't do that in the draft because just because you take the safe player, there's no guarantee that he's going to be good. Every single year we go, this guy's got a high floor and then the guy sucks in the NFL, right? And just because you have a high ceiling doesn't mean you're ever going to hit it like Anthony Richardson. But if it does hit, I get a star quarterback. And then I do strike oil or I do hit the lottery. I was the guy that turned $5,000 into crypto into $50 million. Changes my life. So I understand the rise on this guy because the physical characteristics, just go to YouTube, watch two-minute highlight. It's freakish. But I don't know, and I haven't done any research yet in terms of texting my friends in the league, like what his character stuff is. That ultimately will determine his success or failure. But I do get why this guy, when the dust settles, is going to go a lot higher than you know his college tape would tell you he should go. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Listen, you can bet on the game any way you want. Straight up, a.k.a. Moneyline, point spreads, team totals. You can also do player props, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, covers it all. And so many more exclusive bets, like two times three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. How fun is that? FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com, promo code Colin. That's FanDuel.com, promo code Colin, to learn more. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. The Bears. It was reported on Monday morning by Adam Schefter that the Bears are now open for business. Of course they are. They're terrible. They should be, when I say open for business, on the number one overall pick. Here's what I know the Chicago Bears. And I don't know Ryan Poles. He's listening to everything and anything. You want to trade for the number one pick? What can I get? You want to trade for Justin Fields? What are you willing to give me? There is not a phone call right now that not only is he not picking up, that he's actively discussing. Like there are phone calls around the NFL that I hang up immediately. You call Andy Reid. Ask about Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. He hangs up. Call Kyle Shanahan. Ask about Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. He hangs up, right? But when I call the Chicago Bears, the worst team in the NFL last year (laughs) that has a million holes. And listen, Ryan Poles would like a redo on something. That second round pick that he traded for Chase Claypool is the 32nd pick in the draft. I think he'd like to have that pick back. So the notion that trading down and rolling with fields, well, yeah. 
Would I rather keep Fields if somehow I could trade back five or six spots and get two extra number ones on top of my trade back and maybe a third round pick? Of course I have to entertain that. No different that, well, will someone give me a first round pick for Justin Fields? And do I love Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or one of these guys? So I think you're balancing it all. There is not a story that's going to come out about the Bears that I don't think is believable because everything should be believable. They stink. Right now, their roster is awful. All they have is potential to make big moves this offseason. And to me, whether that's Justin Fields, whether that's trading back, everything is on the table. Now, if Bryce Young was six foot three and 215 pounds, to me, it'd be a no-brainer. You would trade Justin Fields for whatever, because there's a chance part of trading Justin Fields. Are they getting a first round pick for the guy? Probably not. So do they want to trade Justin Fields for like a second and a third round pick? Now, they were not the ones that made the trade to acquire him, which cost them multiple first round picks. But like, ideally, you don't want to do that. But if I could trade him for two twos and I think Bryce Young is a can't miss guy, then I do it in a heartbeat. Now, if the best offer I have on the table is a third-round pick for Justin Fields and I can trade back and acquire a bunch of picks and then just figure it out as we go with a lot of ammo, then i probably do that. But this notion that the Bears, like, oh, see, Schefter tweeted, they're open for business, they're keeping Justin Fields. Yeah, they're open for everything. And they would not be doing their job if they didn't fall under that category. No different than the big story going around right now on Jalen Ramsey, that the Rams might trade Jalen Ramsey. You're going to see this a lot. When I worked in the office and I was a pro scout, we had this sheet all basically starting in like November, December of guys on teams that were cap casualties. Basically meant good players on every team that were probably going to lose their job, not because they couldn't play, but because maybe their play outweighed their salary or Their team was up against a cap situation where that was really the only option. If I cut you, I can save $15 million. I can save $20 million. So a lot of guys get released over the next several weeks who can play in the NFL. And most of these teams have had their pro personnel department grade these players because they know those guys are potentially going to be available. Now, the first thing you want to do before I cut a player is I want to trade them, right? Ideally, the Raiders would have loved to trade Derek Carr. The reason they cut Derek Carr was because he had no trade clause, right? (laughs) But ideally, they would have loved to trade him for whatever to get value. So Jalen Ramsey is a good example. Now, he's on the high end, but there are a ton of players. Like last year, James Bradbury got cut. He didn't get cut because he can't play. He got cut because not a scheme fit. And this happens with a lot of new regimes. I cut players that aren't a scheme fit and make too much money. And they become available and they immediately sign good, healthy contracts on other teams. So you're going to see a lot of rumors over the next six, seven days coming out for the combine of players on the trading block. And a lot, this is a business. A lot of that revolves around the money. Now, the Rams are in a unique position. One, they invested so much money into like four or five players and they don't have any picks. So really, what are they going to do? Trade Aaron Donald? trade Matt Stafford or Cooper Cup? Of course not. The only guy who you could possibly trade and get value for is Jalen Ramsey. But here's the problem. I was reading the other day that Jalen Ramsey, he's going to want a new contract. So if I'm a team, and I don't think Jalen Ramsey played that well last year, he's already been traded once for two ones. What's his market now? When you factor in, like, does he need a new deal? Do I have to give him 50 plus million dollars in guarantee? Now he's only 28 years old. But am I trading, if I'm the Chiefs, would I trade pick 31 for Jalen Ramsey and then give him money? Well, I'm paying a lot of other people too. I just invested a lot in these young corners who played pretty well and I won the Super Bowl with them. So probably not, right? Now, would Jalen Ramsey be an immediate starter on my team? Of course. But do I want to allocate money? Like, do I need to extend Chris Jones again? Do I need to go buy other players? Do I need to invest, continue to invest in my offensive line? It becomes complicated, right? The money, it's not just about the picks, it's about the money. And you can always finagle your cap, right? You can turn uh, base salary into signing bonuses and into incentive bonuses. You can do a lot of things. The, the cap is very easy to manipulate. 
But one thing you can't do is like when guys have enormous sums of money coming, if I know, because a lot of times these GMs or the cap guys will go to the agent and go, will you take a pay cut? You're scheduled to make $16 million next year. We want to keep you, but we got to have you on the books for nine, right? And they go, well, if I hit the open market, I might not get 16, but I'll get a multi-year deal at, you know, 28 and get $20 million guaranteed and make $14 million a year. That's better than taking the pay cut. So that has been going on for the last week. And it really comes to a head this week when all the agents are talking with the GMs who then kind of find out the rate for their guy from maybe their given team. They start going to other teams. They go, Hey, what would you pay my guy? And that's why like, there are no rules The the tampering rules, like everyone's talking about everything as they should, you know? So you're going to see some rumors about trades like Jalen Ramsey. That makes sense. The Rams don't have any assets. The only way they can free some space and get some picks is Jalen Ramsey because they're not trading the other guys. But you're going to see names of, you know, whoever your team is. Wait, they're, they're shopping this guy. Well, yeah, they're just doing it because they need to either gain some cap room or they're not willing to pay him what he's on the books. And he's not going to take a pay cut because he knows through his agent that he's worth more on the open market. So it's it's a fascinating time kind of of a of give and take and kind of betting on the rumors. Cause you never truly know until you hit the market, right? Derek Carr bet I could get more money than $40 million. Well, he's about to find out and he's kind of getting a gauge right now. He's meeting with all these teams, but eventually when the contract the rubber's going to meet the road, right? Like what is Jimmy Garoppolo worth? Well, we're going to find out in a couple of weeks, right? I'd say about 18, but if someone gives them 30, I'm not going to be shocked though. I will call that a dumb deal. <laughs> Hey, let's dive into the mailbag. It's very easy to get involved. There's only one way to get your question answered here on the show. You fire into my direct messages on Instagram, at John Middlecoff. It's my name. Fire into those DMs, get your question answered here on the show. Very, very easy to do. Let's start with my guy, David. Hey, I'm 16 and been listening to you and Colin, quote, every day, since I was about 12. This guy's ahead of his time. I was just wondering how you feel about the failure of the Russell Wilson trade and how it will affect the future of trading for and giving up the farm for a veteran quarterback. I think someone of Russell Wilson's stature, 32, 33, 31, that age range, who is as accomplished as him, every team in the NFL would do a deal like that that was desperate for a quarterback. The Broncos, the Panthers, the Colts, you and me, if we were running the team. So I listen, when the trade was executed, I understand why the Broncos did it. Now, this is always my thing. It's like people love to brag about the process. We're in a results-oriented business. So I want to hear about Nick Saban's process. I want to hear about Jeff Bezos's process. Ultimately, the process from the Broncos, like I get why you did it, but now you're in this predicament. Did you give him that contract Obviously, once you make the trade, you go, well, you got to lock him up to a long-term deal. Well, did you see him in the offseason? Did he look normal to you? I'd be fascinated if you gave, whether it would be the coaches on the staff, George Payton, anyone around the team on a daily basis, even an older player, did it feel like he was a little off? Or was it like, no, he just looks like Russell Wilson. And then the games, it all got derailed. Because if there were question marks like he was a little off, and they still pulled the trigger when the guy was under contract, that was clearly a mistake. I, I got You make the trade, like, that's just what you got to do if you're the Denver Broncos. Now you just got to pray to God that Sean Payton can figure it out. Fort Collins, Colorado, from Troy. You mentioned in your last podcast that some people may say you don't have enough emotion sometimes. From a personal level, your podcast provided me with plenty of emotions and I really enjoy listening to you. The passion you speak that is apparent that you apply the many aspects of your life. As a 23-year-old myself, you are inspiring me to, this is a, not going to lie, I like this DM, passionate about all areas of my life. Whether you see this or not, I want you to know that you are impacting people in a way that is inspirational. God bless you, brother. God, Troy, you want to be friends? Uh, I agree that with you that Justin Fields will be dealt. 
If Justin Fields gets traded to the Ravens, what does Fields' market look like financially when he's due for an extension? He's obviously not worth as much as Lamar as of right now. If Ravens trade for him, are they expecting to resign him when he's due for an extension? When I made my emotion uh, statement, it was more about like relationships and probably even in business too, not about my emotional delivery for the podcast. Uh, it was more about other aspects of my life, not this. Because I'm an emotional guy, for sure. Uh, to your question, I appreciate the note, by the way. I would say that no one is even contemplating Justin Fields' extensions right now. It's just, if you traded for him, and to me, I think a fair value for Justin Fields would be like a second and a conditional depend on what he did. Like it could be a two and next year's four, but it could be as two and a high of, as a one. Like if he's a Pro Bowl guy and we make the playoffs... I'd give a second and a first round pick for Justin Fields. But I you're acquiring him to basically get two years with the guy and figure out what he's bringing to the table because you probably loved him coming out. Now, one curveball is after the third season, you have to pick up his fifth year option. So part of trading for him uh, would be, you know, if you traded a lot, right? If I gave a second and a conditional pick that could be really high. I'm also with the potential of picking up that fifth-year option, which from a quarterback is pretty expensive. And we know sometimes you regret that, right? Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold, guys that come to mind that had their fifth-year options picked up that I I think obviously the Browns and, uh, you know, the Panthers would like a redo on that. I I think it's more for a trial run for a guy who is uh, still relatively cheap, right? He was 11th pick in the draft. Sandwiched between, uh, who's he sandwiched between? Devontae Smith and Micah Parsons. So, uh, <laughs> those are pretty, two pretty good players. This is from Luke. Big Charger fan. They're in cap hell right now and still need to extend Herbert, bring back some key free agents. Do you see them cutting Keenan Allen or Khalil Mack? I feel like Keenan still has some good years left and desperate team might trade a day two pick for him. I don't think you trade Cleo Mack, right? You just traded a second-round pick for him. Your defense is still an issue. He can still play the run. His pass rush is not anywhere near what he once was. Maybe you would like to restructure the contract a little bit, but it's harder to find Cleo Mack's than it is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's had an awesome career. I think it's probably over for him and with the Chargers. <clears throat> Almost said San Diego, but obviously they play in Los Angeles. People, you know, it's... I think people around the league, people that cover the league, it's kind of been well speculated now for like a month that Keenan Allen will be released if he can't be traded. The reason he won't be traded, I'd have to pull up his contract. This is the problem that it's hard to trade if you're a team and you want Keenan Allen. Let's say I'm, think of a team that needs a a wide receiver. Uh, I'm just trying, it's hard to, sometimes on the fly, let's say you're the Packers. You're like, you know, I'd love to get Keenan Allen in here with some of our young guys. You go, well, are we going to trade for Keenan Allen, whose cap hit is $21 million and is owed $19 million? You can't do that. Now, if I'm the Packers, hey, Keenan, if you get cut, we'll offer you two years, you know, $23 million. So $12, $11 million a year, right? Guarantee every penny. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals. That's the conversations that are happening right now. No one is paying Keenan Allen $19 million a year next year. But he doesn't suck. He's just not worth $19 million a year. For example, he made 16 and a half this year. You know, I, I don't know what was his stats. I, probably not great, actually, because he had the hamstring this year. So, like, this year, he was 66 catches and four touchdowns. Last year, when he was healthy, 106 catches, six touchdowns. He's a really productive player. You put Keenan Allen with Jordan Love because Aaron's gone, Dobbs and uh, Christian Watson. Kind of like their kind of like their passing game. You like how I just put him on the Packers, but th- that's that's what's happening right now. He's not going to get traded because of the money, so he's gonna at that number he's getting cut. He is a tradable player, but the money makes him untradable. You follow what I'm trying to say? Like guys like him get cut not because they suck. Love the show. Refreshing takes. No bullshit. God, I'm getting some good DMs here. 
Just became a golf fan lately as I love gambling and needed advice to hold me until football after football ends. By far the best sports to gamble on outside football. Anyway, do you really think Rom's that much better this year? I do not. Just like Rory last year, I firmly believe they are winning because the top talents are now at live. Think about it. DJ, Cam Smith, Neiman, Louie, Kepka, a lot of golf talk here. 47-year-old Tiger, no majors in, 10 years Rory, the fierce speed. Would love to hear your thoughts because of Liv. Cam Smith is a stud. Just sent some screenshots. A lot of golf talk here. Yeah, I mean, keep this short and sweet. The Liv defections have infected or impacted the PGA Tour at the top. DJ is still a top 10 player. If you want some gambling advice and you listen to this for football takes... I would I would take DJ at the Masters if you can get him 25 to 1. If Dustin Johnson was on the PGA Tour, that number would be cut in half. He'd be like 12 or 13 to 1. For example, John Rahm this week in a loaded field is like 6.5 to 1. If I can get DJ at the Masters at 25 to 1, I like it. Now, Cam Smith, elite player. Kepka, winner. Bryson, you know, falling off a cliff. Neiman, yeah, just... I think Rahm is better right now than he was last year for sure. I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that I think that he benefits clearly, but he's the best player in the world. Routine listener, do you think the CMC, this is from Bo, trade to the Niners for that haul could potentially influence teams to add a little more value back to the running back position? Specifically running backs who possess elite pass-catching skills. CMC effectively unblocked that offense to a new level of efficiency. I think in the modern-day NFL, the last several years, the guys that could catch, you know, Alvin Kamara, uh, obviously McCaffrey for several years, even in Carolina. I, I think Dalvin Cook's pretty good out of the backfield. You know, Josh Jacobs last year is a, is a pretty well-rounded player. You have to bring value in everything, right? Like ETN, for example. He was a first-round pick. If you're a Jags fan, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I watched every ETN snap, but... It feels like, ideally, he's more of a hybrid back, right? Outside runs, he's got great speed, catch the ball, use him to stretch the defense. You're not going to go like Derrick Henry, line him up and just hammer between the tackles. But if I can catch wheel routes, screens, outside runs, I have a lot of value. Now, like McCaffrey, I can line up at wide receiver in the slot, I can run between the tackles, outside the tackles, and I can catch, there's nothing I can't do, right? Like, what makes Debo so valuable? He's not a great wide receiver, but he can play wide receiver, and he can take a five-yard out to the house, and he can also play running back. So his value is different than just a flawed wide receiver because he's so good with the ball in his hands, and he's comfortable playing running back. So, like... We talk a lot, at least I do, because I talk a lot about the 49ers on my other podcasts, like Debo compared to the other two wide receivers in his draft class, like DK and AJ are better quote-unquote wide receivers. But neither guy can do what he does behind the line of scrimmage. I can't line DK Metcalf up at running back. Like if Debo Samuel next year just played running back, he could have a 1,000 yards rushing and he could catch 60, 70 balls. Wheel routes, screens, no problem. So ultimately, my point is, his value is high because I can get him the ball doing a lot of stuff. And I think that's the key with drafting a running back or paying a running back. What can he do? Derrick Henry is an outlier. I can just have him on my team and he can run for 1,500 yards. Most guys are not that. And he can't. The passing game is not a huge part of his repertoire, right? So B. John Robinson, he's the total package. I think. I mean, I haven't really studied him, though. I talked to a buddy that thinks he's like one of the best players in the draft. Uh, so he's very well thought of. So I assume he's great in the passing game as well as being an elite running back. If you can catch and run between the tackles and outside the tackles and block, you can play every snap, right? I mean, that's that's part of it. Do I need to take you off the field for passing downs? Because if I don't, then you bring a lot of value. That, that's the key. Like, the value in football has really changed. When I was in the NFL... In 10, 11, 12, 13, it was like two down mics. Well, what does that mean? You can stay on the field against the run. Well, what's so you can play on first down, 
because we're going to run the ball. Well, fuck, some teams pass the ball 80% of the time on first down. So if you bring no value in the passing game as a linebacker, are you even that valuable? It's why these run-stuffing linebackers are a thing of the past, right? Like we used to call uh, designated pass rushers, DPRs. Well, those guys have a lot more value if I can't stop the run, but I'm just a great pass rusher in a pass-heavy league. No different than running backs. A running back still has value if he can catch. So I think the value of the sport is just kind of shifted, you know, over the last five, six years into much more pass-heavy. So who has more value? Nickel corners, pass-catching running backs, uh, linebackers who can cover. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was wondering, this is from Mike, wondering what your take was on Baker Mayfield. With all the quarterback storylines, Lamar, Rogers, Carr, and the remaining quarterback vacancies, I have not heard any mention of Baker. Obviously, Baker is not going to go back to Carolina, but where do you think he ends up? Does he accept a backup role to Stafford or another quarterback? Or do you think he is only interested in a starting job? Well, I think the starting days are done, right? I think those days are over. Now, if a team with a established starting quarterback, right, just think of the top 10 guys, Allens, the Herberts, the Mahomes, Burrow, Stafford if he's healthy, you know, just go around the league. If they want you, if you're Baker Mayfield, you should go. It was smart for him. I guess the Rams claimed him. But if the Rams want him to stay and be Matt Stafford's backup, I think he would be crazy to leave. Because he's not a starting quarterback. He's just not. But he can have another seven, eight-year career as a backup. Look at Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel has like a 15-year career. Barely ever plays. Never does. And Baker Mayfield is dramatically better than he is. So part of being, once you get to the crossroads in your career, I think as a football player, especially as a quarterback, is kind of knowing where you land. And the faster you can figure out the way the league views you, you can play longer. It's when you want to force feed yourself as like a starter when you're not actually a starter is when you get run out of the league. But when you just accept, smartest thing Chad Henney ever did, like, I'll be Mahomes' backup. Look at what happened. From 2018 till this year, from what, 33 years old to 38 years old, multiple Super Bowls, some great moments, and he'll just be highly thought of in the Kansas City organization for the rest of his life. Because of that experience. He surely could have gone somewhere and tried to compete to be a starting quarterback. But he knew where he stood. And he made the right decision. And that's half the battle, I think, sometimes. Because the agent's always going to want you to go chase more money. As they should, because they get points on that. Were you, like, are you better off taking a $10 million contract? Or taking a $4 million contract, which may last six years? And all of a sudden, you look, you made $20 million over a five or six year span, where that $10 million, two years later, you were out of the league. Okay, a couple more here. Active duty military that's been listening to your pod for the past two years on my commute to work. Appreciate your service, Todd. No question, although I may hit you up about Niners takes in the future, but just wanted to say I love the content you put out on the NFL and the PGA Tour. I got a few years left in the Army. But you definitely put out some inspiring words on career advice that makes me look forward to the A-Rod beautiful mystery of my future. Keep it up. All the best. I appreciate that, Todd. And like I said, you are a backbone of the country, baby. Appreciate everything you guys do. Beautiful mystery. I wonder what that darkness retreat was like, you know? 
I and, and trust me, I'm someone that sleeps. I love a good cold, like it about 66, and I like it pitch dark. I'm not one of those persons, people, persons that sleeps with the TV on. I don't have an extra light on. I like it dark. So I am pro-darkness when I sleep. And I'm a good seven, eight hour sleeper. But dark, 24 hours, that that would be. Remember, like some of the challenge shows? Joe Rogan had one. There's been a lot of challenge shows over the years. I think if you just took 10 random people, let's just say like in their 30s, and tried to make, especially now with our addiction to phones and iPads and all that stuff, and tried to be in darkness for 24 hours, even if I slid you some food or some smoothies, you had a bed, do you get, do you get any music or anything? I, I, I think most of us would crack, man. And I like thinking, right, in terms of, Sometimes when I wake up, if I go for just a five-minute walk just to gather my thoughts before I put my ear pods or turn on, you know, CNBC or whatever, NFL Network or whatever, I just, sometimes you just got to gather your thoughts. But sometimes I don't do that. And sometimes I put my earphones in. I'll just be walking to the office. It'll be like 6.30 in the morning. It's like, do I, it's the first thing I need to do, listen to a podcast? Or can I just listen to my own thoughts? Like I said the other day, I'm kind of jealous that Rogers, there are some elements of his life that I would like to implement in my own. I just think I'd lose my mind. And I think most of you listening, none of us would make it 24 hours in the darkness. You'd have to feed us, you know, unless you're an intermediate faster. I'd need like at least protein smoothie or something. I don't know. But that's, that's a long time in the darkness, man. Can I ask questions like what's going on in the world? Who's winning the, you know, it's like, is Duke winning? You know, it's, what's, what's happening with uh, the Suns game? <laughs> can, I, can I ask questions? Who, who won uh, the Honda Classic? Or am I just literally in the dark, not only in the room, but with society? Like, I don't know. That's fascinating information that maybe I will never look up because I don't really care. But if I did, that's what I would ask. Okay, uh, question from Mo Bryan. Hey, John, first off, wanted to say that discovering your podcast in 2020 may have single-handedly gotten me through COVID in the ensuing years. God, we got some, you guys are kind, you guys are in good moods today. Sports takes aside, your business takes honestly power me through the day from time to time and keep me driving my small business as well. I'm a diehard Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Yes, we exist. My question is, are we totally fucked? <laughs> Perhaps the worst head coach in the game, cap strapped, huge quarterback void, have a recipe for a disaster. I know our division division is pathetic, but the but we may only win enough games to take us out of the quarterback draft to Palooza next season. Please put your GM hat on and tell me what your move would be. You definitely have too much talent, even if you have random quarterback play like Kyle Trask and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I saw a headline today that whoever comes in as a free agent will have to compete with Kyle Trask to be the starting quarterback. Now, I actually think your division's probably a little better than we think, right? Tampa, you guys always got played hard by the Saints, and that's when you had Tom Brady. The Panthers actually are sneaky, I think, a little better than we think. And the Falcons just kind of suck, but they actually have a good run game. Uh, I'm with you. It's hard to like close your eyes and envision Tampa with like a top two or three pick, but no Tom Brady. It could unravel. I don't know. I mean, I, I think your quarterback position would have to be like bottom two or three in the league. And if Kyle Trask is your quarterback, potentially possible. Potentially on the table. I think Todd Monken, is that, did I read that correctly? Is your new offensive coordinator coming from Georgia? So a couple years ago, he was a favorite to be like, this guy, Ravens, Todd Monken helped hire, or maybe he went to the Ravens. Do you guys have, uh, who is Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator? Tampa Bay. I was going to say, I don't really like Todd Monken in Tampa. I guess he was there before, huh? Dave Canellis as their new offensive coordinator. I'll be honest, don't know much about this guy, Dave Canellis, but Geno Smith, oh, he comes from Seattle. So I don't think Todd Bowles is, yeah, I actually don't think he's great. I, I like Todd personally. So Canellis is 41 years old. Let's, let's do a little recon on this guy. So you're taking a quarterback coach. This guy's basically been Russell Wilson's quarterback coach, and then he was Geno's quarterback coach. This guy's been with Seattle a long time. 
This guy came with Pete Carroll in 2009. So he has been with Seattle his entire NFL career. As a wide receiver coach for a long period, then the quarterback coach. I would say Todd Bowles and a first-time offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you guys have a better opportunity to draft higher than I thought. <laughs> so uh, I would be prepared for a crappy year for sure, but I guess you already are. Are the Jets better off with Jimmy G than Aaron Rodgers? No. Also, I have family baseball film I directed called Rally Caps starring Judd Hirsch and Amy Smart showing at Sedona Film Festival on Friday. It's kind of like a modern-day Sandlot, if you will. Think you mentioned on your pod that you're in Phoenix. Come check it out. Your ticket is on me. I missed it, but I hope, fuck, I hope it went well. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, Jimmy G, here's the problem with Jimmy G. He gets injured all the time. You know, all the time. And this is the hard part. I remember being in these free agent meetings. We'd be like, he's got two concussions. This guy's got four. This guy's broke his leg. So just because last year he broke his leg, is he more inclined to break his leg again? This guy, he's had a shoulder and he's had a knee. Well, then he might play three years and never get hurt again. Or the first day on pra- at practice, he might shatter his foot. You just never know. But when a guy literally gets hurt every single year, he got hurt in New England. He got hurt all the time with the 49ers. The chance that Jimmy G plays a season healthy, it, it happened one time with the 49ers in 2019. Other than that, hurt in 20, hurt in 21, hurt this year, hurt his first, his second year when he tore his ACL, hurt his last year in New England when he played because he didn't play before that. So to me, Jimmy, what, what Jimmy is, he's truly a bridge quarterback. I would pay Jimmy like $17 million one-year deal. If someone gives Jimmy Garoppolo $30 million, I, I think that's insane. I get money is different, caps up. I, I think you are flirting with disaster. So under no circumstances in any world that we're playing football with a, with a pigskin on a field 53 by 120, you know, because the end zones, right? 100, you add the 10, so you get 120. Do I want Jimmy Garoppolo over Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers could have his eyes closed, and he could he's only allowed to skip, and I'd still take Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's listen. Aaron might do some weird things, depending on who you are, but I, he's pretty good. As a Ravens fan, I think Lamar is going to get a deal done with the team, but it but if he stays, he needs more help. Andrews is great, but we have too many injury concerns elsewhere to have a solid, dependable offense. In the grueling AFC. If you were the Ravens GM and got Lamar to come back to Baltimore, what moves in free agency to help the quarterback out? One thing has been pretty true, right? When Lamar's been healthy, your run game has been really good. And he had a ton of success with the tight end, which makes sense. The tight end, in theory, is much closer to him on a lot of routes than the wide receivers, right? He's running slants, you know, curls over the middle, sitting in zones, even when he runs the seam. It's relatively easy to function if you're a solid quarterback with a really good tight end. That's why most good quarterbacks in the history of the league have had good tight ends. Now, you drafted a wide receiver really high last year when you got injured. So that guy's coming back. You need to find a way to get some power, excuse me, some firepower. And when I say power, like, to me, guys that are going to work with Lamar Jackson are not Hollywood Brown, Deshaun Jackson. Do you know what I'd want him to have? Mike Evans. I'd want him to have big-ass wide receivers. Guys with big catching radiuses. That's what's, His tight ends would just have a lot of success. Bateman, isn't he a pretty big guy? I'd want bigger wide receivers with Lamar Jackson. To me, run, the running game, if he's healthy, will be good. Mark Andrews, when he's on the field, stud. I need bigger wide receivers. I th- This notion that he's going to like play with... Deshaun and Hollywood and yeah, I just I, I never understood why Arizona Cardinals they kept going after these little guys like they drafted Rondale Moore and then someone got hurt and they added Marquise Brown. It's like do you want to get seven million little people with Kyler? Get more guys Hopkins size. Get me bigger wide receivers. It's just easier for a quarterback, you know. Even Deshaun Jackson in his prime, it, it is. It's more challenging to operate with a guy like that than, I don't know, Devontae Adams? Just a bigger target. 
if the strike if, if an umpire is giving you a wider strike zone, it's going to be easier to strike guys out than a smaller strike zone. It's no different with a wide receiver, right? If you're if you have smaller arms like Wes Welker, who do you succeed with? Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Would Wes Welker have dominated with every quarterback? Probably not. You had to be pretty accurate. Doesn't have long arms. Catching radius isn't that big. It's just much more difficult. Okay, last question. I was debating draft stock, does Andrew, for some upcoming wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. And the question of playing through injury versus sitting out and its impact came up. My position is that teams probably value players who, though not at 100%, still put up the cleats, still put on their cleats and play on game day. Jordan Addison. The contrary position was that high-end players will sit out if they're not 100% because the tape will look worse to scouts and impact the draft stock. Can you shed light on this? Would Jordan Addison have a better draft profile if he sat out the majority of 2022? As his production suffered from his ankle injury, or do teams prefer to see the grit and pain tolerance significant but not season-ending? Well, grit and pain tolerance and toughness will always matter. I don't care what the GM or who the head coach is or who the team is. Every team in the league is going to value that. But there comes a point when you're a quote-unquote elite player. You get treated a little bit differently, right? Like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers get to act a little bit differently than Russell Wilson. They just do. You know, Kyler Murray gets crushed because he's not playing well. If Kyler Murray had played like Mahomes and Joe Burrow, no one would care about his surly little attitude. So when you are an elite player like Jackson Smith and Jigba, and a year ago you were on a team with guys like Garrett Wilson and Marvin Harrison, and everyone's like, he's the best wide receiver on the team, your standards are just a little bit different the way you operate. So when you start playing and you get injured, is it worth it to get more injured? Now, you could argue like his team has a lot on the line. They were competing for the national championship. I don't know all the details on him specifically. Like, did he just mail it in or was it like, listen, guys, I do not feel right and it's just not worth it for me because I'm going to go in the top 12 picks. He would have been a top 12 pick the previous year. My issue with guys when they skip games or they skip all-star games or they skip the combine or they skip the senior bowl, it's like, who are you, right? Are you Micah Parsons? Are you Jamar Chase? Or are you some random third-round pick? And to me, Jackson Smith in Jigba, tough name to say, was so highly valued that I kind of understand it, right? Jordan Addison, when he transferred from Pitt to USC, I remember watching a YouTube highlight tape, and I went, this guy's pretty good, but I don't think he... He was viewed last year just kind of like BSing with people in the league and just from my own eyeballs, probably more like he picked 20 to 32. And I think that's still where he's going to go. Really good prospect. But I don't think he's viewed as some elite guy. Where in Jigba, and now we're going to nitpick him. You know, the knock is he's not quite as fast. But he's pretty damn good. Right? And if fully healthy, like he's a top 15 pick. So I get it. I hear what you're saying. And you are right. It matters. But like, guys are sitting out now. Or guys, once they get injured, they don't come back. It's kind of understood. This is, we're not talking about $100,000. If you're taking 10th overall, I don't have it in front of me the, the scale, but I'm going to guess $18 million, <laughs> right? That's, that's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. And when I know I'm a lock to go that high, not everyone is. There's a small group of players that are. And I, I think it's fair to say he was one of them. And once you're one of them, you, you, I, I, teams get it. Because ultimately, they're, this, it's their business. Like They understand. It's about dollars and cents. And you have a lot to risk. So, yeah, most guys fall under that category. I'd nitpick you. If you're a third-round pick, like what are you doing? When you're Jackson Smith, next year, Caleb Williams. Like There are certain guys, and I'm not saying Jackson is Caleb's level, but you know what I mean. There's 15 guys that kind of fall into a special category. Appreciate everyone listening. Fire into those DMs at John Middlecoff. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Peace. 
the volume. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.